Okay, now let's move on to part three here uh, of, this, of this lesson of the flood, looking at the typology. So we've seen all of the events of the flood, the occasion of the flood with the sons of God and daughters of men, bringing sin upon the earth. Noah is the only righteous man around. We saw his biography, what his name means, uh, how God calls him to be a mediator of this new covenant, the flood waters, the, the, the actual covenant that he establishes with Noah in creation in chapter 9. All of this stuff, and we've seen all the echoes of Genesis chapters 1 through 3, really chapter 1, uh, and of how there is a new creation taking place. So this major theme that we opened up with, decreation, recreation, I want to tie all of these little hints and echoes and flashes, uh, kind of like deja vu moments here as we read the flood account, and see how it all ties together again, and we can learn what is being taught here? What are the larger lessons that are being taught here with this story? So in part three of your notes, we've got typological lessons. Number one, I want to see how the flood is a new creation. All right. Again, decreation, recreation, how Noah is a new Adam. That's part one. Then I want to look at the typology of the flood as baptism and how baptism washes away our sin within our heart. Because remember, there's that other key theme we opened up with chapter six, verse five. The thoughts of men's hearts were evil continuously from his youth. Sin is in the heart and the flood teaches us that we need to ultimately wash sin from our heart. How does that happen? Well, we're going to look at the typology of baptism. Then I want to see typology of Noah and the ark prefiguring Jesus and his church. And then finally, everyone's favorite, how is the flood a type of the end of the world? Because God swore he would not de destroy the earth by water, but he didn't say he wouldn't destroy the earth. The decreation, recreation motif will be applicable even to the end of time when God creates a new heavens and a new earth and destroys the old. Okay, so we'll look at all these points of typology for the last section of this class. Now, go to Roman numeral one. Let's look at the flood as a renewed creation. And just by way of recapping this whole theme, I've got this quote for you from your commentary, which says, the flood needs to be understood as an act of recreation, whereby God plunges the world almost back to the original state of tohu wabohu, formlessness and void. If you remember back in chapter one of Genesis, there was these two problems. The earth was formless and it was empty, okay? So now it seems like the uh, earth has returned to that with the earth below the surface of the deep and then rises back up again, end quote. So that's from your commentary. I recommended the uh, references in your footnotes. So this is the problem with the flood. We're going back to Genesis chapter one, verse one. And so now the earth is covered with waters and then the earth re, uh, rises again out of the waters. So what I've done for you here, just for the sake of time, I want to make all the connections that we've seen so far in this lesson in a list format. So you can see that there are these parallels between creation and the flood and then Noah as a new Adam. So number one, obviously waters cover the whole face of the earth yet again. And then the Ruach of God moves, hovers, flutters over the waters. So just like in chapter one, the Ruach, the Spirit of God, covers the waters. Now you have again in chapter eight, verse one, remember God made a Ruach blow over the course, over the face of the whole earth. So the Ruach is present. Three, obviously land reemerges from the water. Four, Noah's Ark is filled with flora and fauna, recalling the Garden of Eden. We'll talk more about that in just a little while, about how the Ark is really, really should be seen as a new Garden of Eden and as well as a new temple. All right, so that's number four. Number five this is so interesting because if you go back to the Genesis account, Genesis chapter one, God creates first the plants and then animals and then man. Well, it's interesting in the flood account, 
plants reemerge, come forth first, specifically the, um, the olive branch, and then more plants after that. And then out of the ark comes the animals, and then finally out of the ark comes man. So you have the same sequence of presentation of plants, animals, and man. Okay, that is number five. Then number six, you have the blessing to be fruitful and multiply for both Adam and then as well as for Noah. And I have all the references here. I don't have time to get into all this with you now because we've seen it in our study, but I have all the references in your notes so you can go back and compare them side by side if you want to. So uh, that's six, blessing to be fruitful and multiply for both Adam and Noah. Seven, dominion over the animals is given both to Adam as well as to Noah. And then both Adam and Noah, number eight, are tillers of the soil, okay? Nine, Adam and Noah are both heads of the subsequent human families. Naturally, Adam is the first man of all human history. And then Noah is the head of the new creation after the flood, okay? Uh, number 10, Noah is the mediator of the renewed covenant, as we saw, just as Adam is the mediator of the original covenant. 11, Noah's name means rest, as we saw, rest, relief, comfort, which is an Absolute obvious reference to the Sabbath rest of creation, uh, the seventh day. Uh, number 12, both Adam and Noah have three sons that are mentioned by name here. Adam has Cain, Abel, and Seth, and then Noah has Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Okay, three sons for Adam, three sons for Noah. Number 12, Adam has, uh, no, excuse me, number, we did 12, three named sons. Okay, number 13, the covenant number seven is prominent very importantly in both accounts. Obviously, the seven days of creation, the Sabbath rest, and all that that signifies with intimacy with God, worship of God, friendship with God, to be a child of God, all the things that we discussed in previous lessons. Well, now the number seven is everywhere in the flood account. For example, there are seven pairs of all the clean animals. Uh, you've got the flood that came after a warning of seven days. The ark rested on Mount Ararat for, or after the seventh month. Noah sent out a dove every seven days. And my personal favorite, now most people don't point this out, but I really love this connection. Even the rainbow has seven colors to it, okay? So it's not explicit in the text, obviously, but if you've ever paid attention to a rainbow, there are seven colors. So it's so awesome that the sign of the covenant, the bow, the rainbow, itself has within it the number seven. That just gets me every single time, that's fantastic. And then, of course, Noah comes on the ark with seven people. So anyways, seven everywhere because it's a renewal of the covenant of creation. And then number 14, you also have those five characteristics that Adam had in the beginning that we discussed, right? Adam is a son of God. He is a bridegroom to his wife, but he's priest, prophet, and king of creation. Those five characteristics are also present for Noah, right? Uh, Noah is a priest, so we'll do the reverse, right? He's a priest because he um, built an altar and he sacrificed on it, so he's obviously a priest. He's a prophet because he preached repentance to his generation. Uh, he's king of creation. He's dominion over all the earth. Um, he is a son of God because he's in the line of Seth, descended from Adam. And then finally, he's bridegroom to his, his bride, Mrs. Noah. We don't know her name, but Mrs. Noah, he's a, a bridegroom, as a husband to her. And that's actually really, really important because in the next lesson, I want to draw the connections. The next lesson is, is called the fall, right? the new fall. If this is new beginnings, a new creation. Well, there's also a new fall. And I want to draw a connection for you with the whole bridegroom aspect, showing you how Adam and Noah are parallel in that, in that way as well. So for all of these, and this is honestly 14 of them, there are more when we talk about the fall between Adam and Noah, um, but this is, I think, should just kind of whet our appetite to see the undeniable parallels between these two accounts. So the flood is not 
this random story, uh, infliction of punishment on a sinful humanity. It's deeply theologically significant. Decreation, recreation. Now next, let's look at the symbolism and the typology sacramentally on how well, baptism washes away our sin, and we're going to look at Peter. So turn, flip the page here, and we're going to look at uh, Roman numeral 2. Hi, I'm Dr. Nick. Thank you so much for watching this clip. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did and you want to access the entire lesson and the entire course, come visit us over at scriptureandtradition.com and join our community of students. You'll be able to access all of my courses in the audio library. Plus, you'll be able to access my live courses whenever I teach a new topic on scripture or the Catholic faith. God bless you.